0: Welcome to Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We hope this message encourages you, and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or FCCFMD.com. vaccine that we need. Amen. 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 <laughs> amen, and amen. Well, this morning marks the first Sunday of Advent in our, uh, our Advent calendar year. And uh, Advent is a word that means arrival. And in the 4th and 5th centuries, uh, Christians would actually fast and pray during that time of Advent. And so while Advent symbolizes the coming of the birth of Christ, it's also a symbol for us as we await his return. Amen? Amen. And so there are four Sundays that are observed during Advent, and so it runs from now through Christmas, just before Christmas Eve. And each Sunday is represented by a candle. So we're going to be talking a little bit about those Advent candles and what they represent. And there is a fifth candle, the middle candle that's representative of the actual birth of Christ. And so we're going to be lighting that particular candle on Christmas Eve, but I was organizing some things at the church this week, and I stumbled across a box downstairs in the basement tucked under the steps, and I pulled it out. It was all dusty, and it was a box full of admin candles, and I thought, how appropriate is this? So I took them out, and I dusted them off, and I thought, it's time that we put these to good use and uh, advent wreath advent candles are something that you see in more uh, liturgical churches it's a more uh, traditional aspect of more traditional way of celebrating christmas and the advent season but there's such significance that goes along with it and so i thought it'd be appropriate for us to kind of dig into that a little bit this year and i can remember as a little girl, uh, growing up in a United Methodist Church, that was something that they did every year at Christmas time. The kids would make the ornaments and we would decorate the Christmas tree and then we'd light the Advent candles and different families within the church would get up each Sunday and read the uh, appropriate scriptures and would light the candles. And so I have some helpers that are going to come and help me this morning uh, who are going to read our scripture and light our first advent candle so i'm going to ask them to go ahead and come up and as they're coming the first candle in the advent wreath represents that of hope and it's often referred to as the prophet's candle and so at this time i'm going to ask our readers to read with us from isaiah chapter 9 and there's a microphone if you guys want to grab that and you can read that for us The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. many of you are thankful for hope this I morning. Yes. Amen. Thankful Amen. for the hope. We're going to take just a minute and uh, see life, what life may have looked like through the eyes of the one that the angel spoke hope to in the gospel. So take a moment and go on this journey with us this morning.
1: The Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. We'll call him Emmanuel. She was growing into a teenager, and was living then in the obscure village of Nazareth in Galilee. She gathered the grain during the day, and tended the lamp laid into the washes of the night. Her father knew the dedication of her work, her mother the kindness of her heart. Her friends, the curve of her smile. She stood on the threshold of womanhood. Among all the girls in the village, she had been noticed, chosen, betrothed. A child bride before whom lay only possibility. Her father could walk with pride in the city gates. Her mother could rest in the comfort of her daughter's future security. But then he came, unexpected, unannounced, spoke openly and without shame of pregnancy. Virginity and a son. Things men never discussed and women only whispered about behind closed doors. She questioned him about the particulars, but not about the promise. She knew the prophecies and the angel's words rang true. She would be scorned and rejected, labeled an adulteress in whispers and glances. There would be no more carefree walks to the market, no more happy trips to the well. 400 years her people had waited for hope, but God had been silent. Now he had spoken. The wait was about to end. 40 weeks, and then Emmanuel, God with us.
0: This morning, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 2 with the first two verses. Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verses 1 and 2. Scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 2, the first verse. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king,
1: Magi from the
0: east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. To pray with me this morning. Father, we thank you this morning for the promise of hope. We thank you, Father, for the star. That shone brightly in the sky, that was a symbol of hope. We thank you, Lord, that you sent us the greatest treasure, that God, you gave us the gift of your presence, that you sent your one and only Son to dwell among us. And so, Father, this morning, as we prepare our hearts. For this Advent season, would you remind us of the hope that you have given us? Of the hope that we have in you alone. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. 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 I read this week, I'm not sure the author of the quote, but they said, Let's approach Advent with an expectant hush rather than a last minute rush. Let's approach Advent with an expected hush, rather than a last minute rush. How many of you are rushed during the holidays? There's just a a rush in the busyness of the season. I wanna challenge you this morning to approach Advent with an expectant hush, and await. The hope we read this morning in Matthew chapter 2 about the magi seeing the star and they went to Herod and they said we've seen his star we've seen his star and we've come to worship him this was fulfillment of prophecy in Psalm 72 verses 9 through 12 Scripture says, may the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him and all nations serve him. In Isaiah chapter 60 verse 6, scripture says a multitude of camels will cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba will come. They will bring gold and frankincense and proclaim good news of the praises of the Lord. Up until this point, for 400 years, let that sink in just for a moment. For 400 years, God has been silent. 400 years. Let's think about that a little bit. 400 years ago this year, the pilgrims made their way to America, landing at Plymouth Rock. It was just about 400 years ago that the island of Manhattan was purchased for just $24. Can you imagine? There's not much in Manhattan you can buy today for $24, but the entire island just about 400 years ago was purchased for $24. It was just about 400 years ago that Galileo proved that planets could orbit the sun. And so 400 years, it must have seemed like an eternity for people who had walked with God.
1: For people
0: who had seen firsthand the miracles that he could perform. And now, all of a sudden, he's silent. He's silent. I don't know about you, but I don't want to experience 40 minutes without thinking that I could hear from God. Let alone 400 years. There's crickets. Nothing. This is referred to as the intertestamental period. And so from Malachi to Matthew, there are no new prophets. We're not getting any new revelations. No fresh vision from the throne of God. No new messages are revealed to God's people. But make no mistake. God may have been silent, but He was still working. God may have been silent. But he was still working and oftentimes in our lives when we sense or when we feel that God is being silent we start panicking God why did you forget about me I'm still here my problems haven't disappeared where did you go and that's just you know a few days can you imagine 400 years, generation after generation after generation, with no fresh word, no fresh revelation from God. I found that it's in the moments when God seems silent that I have to work a little bit harder to hear His voice. I have to dig just a little bit deeper into His Word. To see what it is he's trying to speak to me. Because we have to be still. And rest assured, we have to be still and know, even in the silence, he's still God. He's still on the throne. He's still working. We talked yesterday in our ladies Bible study about being willing to do the work to see the wonder. Being willing to dig into even the most difficult passages of scripture and work through them so that we can see the wonder, so that we can experience what it is that God wants to say to us. Last Sunday, we talked about the, the significance of waiting and how the word waiting in the original language is the idea of Expectancy. 400 years of waiting, 400 years of expectancy, 400 years of nothing, but then a star appears. A symbol of hope. You know the song. It says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Think about that, a weary world, 400 years of weariness. And now there's a thrill of hope. There's a star in the sky. After 400 years of waiting, hope is on the horizon. And God is about to reveal his greatest message of all time. The greatest story ever told begins with a glimmer of
1: hope the magi
0: comes from a greek word where we get our word in, in modern day terms magic these were a group of scholars there are some legends that say there were three of them and they've given names to all three of them some say that they were kings from three different regions there are other legends that say there could have been a dozen or more of them we don't know all of the particulars But what we do know about these wise men that came before King Herod was that they had some understanding of astrology. They had some understanding of the atmosphere. But they also were well-versed somehow in the Torah because they knew that there was a significance. There was something different about this particular star. They said, we saw is star they had to think for a moment this isn't just any old star this is hope this is hope there are many people over the years who have tried to figure out what happened that year that the the magi saw this star was it that planets came into alignment? Was it a supernova? Was it a comet? They, they tried to figure everything out and it's just astounded them. They can't come up with a, a scientific reason or reality of what exactly happened that this same star that they, they followed to get to Herod and tell him and then it was over the place where Jesus was in Bethlehem. They, they can't make sense of it. How could this happen? For 400 years, God may have been silent, but he was working in the cosmos to make all things happen, to bring that star to visibility here on earth, where that momentous event. In Numbers chapter 24 verses 17 through 19, scripture says there shall come a star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. That scepter is referring to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 that was read to us this morning, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The people of Israel were waiting in hope for a Messiah, one who would rescue them from their enemies and ultimately from sin. But just as the Israelites awaited the arrival of the Messiah, you and I anxiously await his soon and coming return to save his people from this crazy world that we are living in. I love this portion of scripture that's found in Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 26. It says, and there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout. Looking forward. Somebody say looking forward. Looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. This is where Simeon's hope came from. It's found in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 2. Here's what it says. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare has ended and her iniquity is pardoned. This is the hope that Simeon was looking for. And so when Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple, as was customary in the law, Simeon is there and he sees Jesus. And in verse 36 of Luke chapter 2, we're introduced to another saint whose name is Anna. Anna. And she recognizes Jesus as well. And Luke tells us, he says that at that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak about him to all those who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. This is hope. We have two older saints who were looking forward to the promise. Two older saints who were holding on to the hope that one day their Messiah was going to come. That one day they were going to be rescued. Two saints who were able to recognize the Messiah because they were waiting, because they were longing, because they were anticipating the consolation of Israel and the redemption of Jerusalem. Friends, when Jesus returns, will you recognize him as Simeon and Anna? Are you waiting, anticipating the glorious hope of his return? You might be familiar with the old words to the hymn, Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus. Born Thy people to deliver. Born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever. Now Thy gracious kingdom bring By Thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. Friends, this is hope. And I can assure you today that the world around us may seem like it's in chaos. The holidays might look different for you this year. But in the midst of a global pandemic, we have hope. Hope, And his name is Jesus. We have hope. Our wonderful counselor.
1: The mighty God.
0: The everlasting father. And the prince of peace. He is our hope. In Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 scripture says. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. It's firm and secure. What is that anchor? It's Jesus. It's Jesus who takes us through the veil to the throne room of God. This is hope. Jesus alone is our living hope. But hope requires trust. Are you trusting him? This morning, have you placed your trust in who he is and in what it is that he can do for you? And so while we take time this morning to remember the birth of our Messiah and of our Savior, we take time to reflect on the life that he lived. We reflect on his sacrifice that the bread of life came and was born in the town of Bethlehem, was born in the house of bread. Scripture tells us that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We're going to observe communion in just a moment this morning. I'm going to ask Darren to go get our communion supplies and if you uh, didn't grab one on your way and just slip up your hand he'll make sure that you you get one of those but while we wait this morning with expectancy of the birth of Christ we wait with expectancy for his soon incoming return we wait with expectancy and we reflect on what it is that he did for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 the apostle Paul says for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed he took the bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and he said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me. You peel the top off of your cup this morning. You can take out your wafer. We're going to take just a moment. And thank the Lord for a sound. the ultimate sacrifice that you made on Calvary's cross. We thank you that it was your body that was broken and beaten and bruised for us. Jesus, we thank you that you paid the ultimate price for our salvation. Lord's death until he comes. To you take your cup this morning, we're going to give thanks for it. The blood of Christ shed for you. Thank you this morning that we are covered. Worship you this morning, Father. May we rest in the hope of what you've done for us and of what you have yet to do. We love you this morning. We thank you for it. We give you all the praise and all the honor and all of the glory of God's people. Say amen, amen, and amen. 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 Friends, we love you. We encourage. Want to invite you if you're able to stay and help us deck the afternoon. There will be in the back. Please help yourself. We'd love to have you join us. Thank you for listening to Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at FCCFMD.com.